Well, hello. Welcome back to another episode of No Funk and Strictly Munkin', the only podcast where if in the 1970s the NCAA, instead of banning dunking, banned funking, we would be perfectly fine and still able to dominate. I'm on your ghost, Jay Christie, joined as always by Andre Breyer. Andre, how are you? That was great. I thank you, thank you. Get thank some you. claps for me. Don't worry, folks. That's it. Yes, I thought of that one like three seconds before we started, um, and I'm happy with it, which is a rare occurrence. But anyway, uh, we're not here to talk about my intro, even though we end up talking about it for at least a minute usually. We're talking about Mr. Monk and the genius. Um, you know, uh, Andre, you seem like you fancy yourself a genius. How did you feel about this episode? Um, it was uh, it was alright. Um, it was no work of genius. I mean, no no shots at Tom Sharpling or whoever wrote this. Yeah, I agree. I think that there are problems with it, specifically the fact that it uh, just kind of ends abruptly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was like, I want to see some cuffs slapped on. I no, not just that, but it's like, it, they talk so much about how this guy's a genius, but Monk kind of just, it's like just one step where Monk solves it. And it's like not something that's set up beforehand. Like there's nothing, nothing. There's no reason why the audience would think that he switched gravestones. Like nothing is suggests that beforehand. You know, there's no clue. Yeah, no. I you put it just the way that it should be. It's exactly. It. It's very. Uh, an, yeah, anticlimactic. Yeah, but anyway, we start off with uh, a classic thing we talk about in the show a lot. It's uh, it's payday, and I'm not talking about the uh, delicious candy bar. I used to like that when I was a kid. I feel like I'm whatever about it now. I mean, it's weird that even to call it a candy bar because it's really just peanuts that are suspended in caramel. Um, which, that's, you know, it's fun. You yeah. But, uh, you know, and what, what did you just take a drink of that you went, ugh? Um, no, it's interesting. It's, it's just very, it's vodka and Jamaica. Mm, I don't know what that is, but. Uh... Jamaica is like a hyac- hyacinth, uh, like kind okay. of Mexican uh, refreshing mm-hmm. beverage. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, payday. And as we know, Monk is the worst boss in the world. Um, okay, that's not true, but he's a bad boss. And once again, he's trying to uh, stiff to stiff Natalie money that she's owed. Dude, if they could, like, not that I'm, like, a huge fan of these movies, but if they could somehow have, like, done a spin or Horrible Bosses 3 with, mm-hmm. like, Monk somehow being in it and Natalie mm-hmm. killing him, that would be yeah. funny. Um, and so, you know, he takes forever to tear out the check from the checkbook. Piece um, of course he does. And when when he gives it to her, she's like, where's the rest of it? Because apparently she worked overtime, but Monk thought that she was just hanging out. Which, honestly, this sounds like something like a tech company would do today, where it's like, what do you mean? You, we were eating pizza and playing ping pong. That You you were just hanging out on your own volition, man. We don't have to pay you. Right. Um, and, you know, she mentions what she was doing hanging out, which was spending seven hours organizing his utensils. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, yes. he is adamant he can't fix it because he already tore it out of the checkbook. And she's like, we'll just void it and change the amount, you know? Um, but then he admits what it really is. He's a little short on cash. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm sure he hasn't recouped the money from his house. J- not quite yet. Yeah. So, um, I understand. I actually can see why. Yes. But, um, but yeah, I, this also got my brain thinking, like, do you think he only writes, like, on check number 1010 or 10 or, like, whatever, like, sequentially? Or Unclear. is that, like... Because okay. the thing about OCD is that it, the rules are arbitrary. So, like, he doesn't How do convenient. everything in his life in 10s, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he... Because w- if that was the case, he would have to wake up at, like, 10 o'clock every day and he doesn't do that, you know? Like, it's, so I think that... Maybe if you pointed it out to him, if you said, like, hey, why don't you just write on check 1010, he might. But I think if it hasn't occurred to him, I don't know if it would. But, um, 
Well, I think luckily for him, if he wanted to wake up at 10 o'clock, he could claim that it's 10 o'clock somewhere. That is that is true. Um, that's the new Alan Jackson remix. Um, Thank you. Yeah. As if I, I mean, I'm the, fuck, the fucking Gulf Coast of Florida. There's no way I was about to dunk that lob. I don't even know who the fuck Alan Jackson is. He sang the song, It's 5 O'Clock Somewhere. He's also, honestly... This is a huge, like, two Americans thing. He is, he might be, I would guess he's probably in the top 100 best-selling American artists of all time, period. That's surprising to me. He has a bunch of hit country songs, like Chattahoochee, which he describes as being hotter than a hoochie-coochie. Anyway, um, oh, a woman named Linda Kloster comes in, um, mm-hmm. and her husband is Patrick Kloster, who apparently is a chess grandmaster. Yeah, you know, Grandmaster is unfortunately one of those words that you just can't hear anymore without thinking uh, um, other things. I'm actually, what, what, do you, what, what am I missing? I'm, it just I'm seems like out. some KKK shit, right? Oh, like that's Grand, Grand Dragon. Wizard. Yeah, I know, but you're like, oh, that's not but still, mind. I don't know, that's where my oh. mind goes. Maybe I'm just sophisticated enough where I know enough about chess where I associate with chess. Where, where, no, I, I guess so, I think um, chess is lame. No. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm not good at ch- I I remember... My experience with chess, I remember in sixth grade, I had a teacher when we were done with everything, we all had to play chess against each other. And I was so bewildered by the fact that I wasn't good at chess because I was, you know, the smartest kid in most of my classes. And I'm like, but chess is for smart people. Why am I not good at it? I, it didn't compute. It's like, I thought I was smart and smart people were good at chess. But it turns out there's a little thing about chess is you need to think a couple moves ahead. And I am almost incapable of thinking more than three seconds in the future. And so I was fucked. Um, I the only thing I ever think about chess now is that famous like clip. I don't know if it was a meme quite, but the one of uh, Daniel Radcliffe saying, or no, Rupert Grint saying, "That's wizard's chest." Of course, yeah, yeah, that's the wizard's chest. I mean, obviously the Queen's Gambit. I think of um, which is a great. I haven't show. seen that. It's honestly, it's really good. I like it a lot. It's uh, yeah. Um, okay. Shout out to my girl ATJ. Um, anyway, apparently Patrick Closter is going to kill someone. And I don't mean that he's going to kill a queen or a king on the board. And he's, the person he's going to kill, well, we just met her. It's Linda Kloster herself. Right. Yeah, you know, she's uh, she seems to be at peace with it in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Essentially, what she's there to do is to get Monk to agree to catch her husband after he kills her because yes. she's just accepted it. Yes. Now, I guess I think the reason I'm quite disappointed with this episode is because this is like an amazing setup and it doesn't really pay it off you know what i mean yeah i feel like they should have like she should have she should have like died like towards the end right or like in the middle at least or in the middle yeah maybe but also like just i guess the thing is it just not into the specifics of the pacing of it just that like if you're gonna have this set up you need a really interesting way that the murder happened and like this is actually pretty rudimentary murder there's just a couple simple moves that are taken you know um the poison pawn yes the poison pawn um but anyway she mentions offhandedly, by the way, that she uh, is three years sober. That's just an important thing. Um, but apparently he tells her every single day that he's going to kill her, which has got to be a lot of fun. Like, hey, babe, I'm going to kill you uh, soon. Or like, hey, did you um, get the uh, the cheese that I put on the shopping list? Also, death, yours soon. Yeah. Uh, I Yeah, it's just... Obviously, we come to learn later on that she is a very troubled woman, um, and she's. Or, I'm sorry, she's had a very troubled past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess you know it wouldn't look. Uh, I guess that he knew that she was weak enough to be able to do something, right? Because yes. that's what you think as soon as this all happens. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, yeah. somehow he drove her to kill herself. Yeah, or something like that. Um, yeah. We learn though that he's in Vancouver until Tuesday in a chess tournament. So you know she should be in the clear, right? 
But no, not so fast. She doesn't think so. She thinks he's too smart. Yeah, and you know we've we've seen uh, we've seen people pull off all kinds of crazy kills on this mm-hmm. one, uh, yeah. including like training a dog to do it. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, I, I I believe her. She she knows yes. what she's talking about. And so she pays him five thousand dollars to catch him to catch Peter Patrick um, when he kills her, and she makes a really desperate plea, grabs Monk's hand, and makes him promise. Um, and he does, you know, he's he'll do it. Yeah. Um... So, uh, oh yeah, I mean, okay, I, at the time I mistook it as her being flirty with him, but whatever. Anyways, we leave the scene and we cut to, like, her, like, in her room, like, trying to, like, set things up in a certain way, or, like, yeah, she's obviously getting ready for some bullshit to happen that day. Yeah. Um, And she's talking to the maid, and the maid is like, I'm gonna make you a sandwich, which is a nice gesture, and, you know, she should be more appreciative of it. Sandwiches. Would not eat that sandwich. I mean, that's true, poison maybe, but I, uh, I'll i say this, I would eat it because it's a sandwich and I like to eat sandwiches. Um, but, uh, you know, they um, the chef and the maid joke a little bit about it, etc. Basically, you get the impression they don't think that um, Patrick's serious, uh, but uh, he's deadly serious, evidenced by the fact when the maid comes in, bum, 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 I'm teeing you up, uh, just say it. Yeah, she's dead. Yeah. She's on the bed, you know. Um, I mean, obviously, at this point, we just suspect that she's dead. Um, mm-hmm. And the maid drops drops the tray. Mm-hmm. He did it. He did it. Mm-hmm. And so then we cut to Stahlmeier, who's on the phone with the judge. And he's trying to get her... Because they don't know that she's dead yet. So he's trying to get a restraining order against Patrick. But the problem is that he's never been physically abusive and they don't have any evidence of anything beyond her word. And so in that case, it's, you basically can't, there's no way you can get a restraining order in that case. Yeah. And like, and as we all know, period, like he wasn't there. Like that's, yeah. that's it. Oh, that's what yeah. else can you do with that? And I do like the bit where Randy comes in he said, just got a call. And he tells her to put down the cup because he's going to drop it. And he doesn't have to clean it up. Yeah, and um, but you know exactly what happens or what he thinks is gonna happen happens, and you know mm-hmm. Disher is better. Uh, he's a better cop than we think in yeah. some ways. Yes, because Kasama throws the cop against the wall, and mm-hmm. so then they go to the house, um, which is a palatial estate, really. Um, and yeah. uh, Monk, you know, takes the room to himself, and he's really he's feeling really bad. You know, um, he feels like he let Linda down. Yeah, and then we'll find out later on uh, another reason why he feels so down about it. Um, so, you know, he's looking around, and uh, it, it kind of just seems like he's got nothing, right? Like, yeah. he's, he's doing the whole hand-wavy thing, and he, he's really I mean, got... there is nothing is the thing. Like, really, there's no evidence. The guy, he's smart. Well, there is. Yes, there is. But not not anything, not any, like, physical evidence that's not, you don't have to kind of, like, put together uh, later on. But the cause of death was a heart attack. Um and there's no, but there's no, like I said, no physical evidence to suggest that it was him. Um, she apparently didn't eat, right? So it couldn't have been poison necessarily, right? Exactly. Um, and so you know, uh, and yeah, there was no poison, and nobody else was there, right? Mm-hmm. Like it was just the ner- uh, the the maid and the cook. So then, basically, from there, we uh, we go to like what the medical examiner? No, we go to the airport. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, this one Disher updates them that the medical examiner concluded that it was not Oh, right, 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 and right. And right, releasing right. the body and won't do a complete toxicology without probable cause. 
Um, right. And Disher and like all the cops, they checked everything, the usual suspects. They checked the tap water in the bathroom. They checked like her toothpaste. Mm-hmm. And I, it's one more thing I forgot. Oh, eye drops. Eye drops. Yes. Yeah. Um, and everything came out clean. So, mm-hmm. uh, so whatever. They're there to go basically greet uh, Patrick Kloster as he arrives. But there's a bunch of media there. Mm-hmm. And he asks, he's asked, how do I feel? And how do you feel? And he quotes Romeo and Juliet, um, which I didn't know that. That's just in the trivia um, on IMDb. I mean, on uh, I didn't know that either. Yeah, I didn't think. That yeah, up. I just looked. I hovered over to see. Like it probably says where this is from, and it did. It Romeo and Juliet, which I knew was Shakespeare. Um, so that's Shakespeare a, seems seems a bit passe for someone of his genius. I, I don't know. I feel like you kind of. I feel like you, if you're that smart, you come back around on Shakespeare because Shakespeare. Is is actually pretty good. Like not in terms of enjoying it, but he was a genius in, in actuality. If you break it down, like I don't want to be. I this is not a hot take, but like Shakespeare was pretty good, especially if you compare him to the other stuff that was going on at the time. Like my guy was definitely uh, definitely knew a thing or two about writing. What if you if you think he's the one who did it? The reason I think he is the one who did it is because that's one of those theories that only exists because there's not because of the absence of evidence. There's actually there's literally no evidence that it was someone else. There just is no technical way to prove that it was one guy. And so it's like, well, it could be multiple people. It's like, yeah, it could be multiple people, but there's no evidence to say it was. So Occam's Razor is it just the guy that everyone said did it? All right. I don't know. I just hate when there are theories that are just absence. It's like, you know, we never found the gun, so it could have been another. And it's like. That doesn't. You, it could be anything. Like you know, I could have eight. I could have you know uh, a third nipple. You haven't seen me with my shirt off. You know. Um, I have a third nipple. You do? Yeah. Oh, that's sorry. I didn't. Sorry if that's a sore spot. No, um, it's okay. You and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Um, it happens. My wife's yeah. laughing at me. By the way. Okay. I well, you know, she know she knows better than anyone. Um. Anyway, moving on from that. Uh, so they talk to him, uh, <laughs> and he's immediately condescending, like, you know, I'm surprised that you weren't in Vancouver, basically being like, I thought you could come talk to me, but you, why didn't you come talk to me immediately? Right, yeah, he's a smug bastard, but, like, also, um, you know, they start to point out that, or Disher points out that th- he got the news that his wife was killed while he was, uh, while he was during the match, during the match. And, You're skipping uh, and a he- step. You're skipping a thing. Where that he... What? He says he's oh, too busy yeah. to go downtown. So he purposely, on, ahead of time, booked a room at the airport with five chairs. And I love that now he's like, how do you know there will be five of us? It's like, don't insult my intelligence, Miss Teager. Which, like, he is, he, I mean, also. I don't this. give a fuck, man. There's no way anyone could have guessed that. I think you could have, because they, they go everywhere together. And every episode is always with four people. But, no, 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 I know, but he knew that Monk was going to be there? Yeah, it's Monk. Also, he probably knew that his wife went to bunk because he knows everyone. Oh, right? yeah. True, also, true, true, I mean, true. I was going to say, he is, I think, maybe I'm wrong, maybe it's just because I am a devoted David Strathairn guy. I'm a, I'm a big Strathairn head. Um, I think he, I do think there's something charming about him in this episode. Not in, like, a good way. Charming? But in, like, in, like, as, like, a villain? Yeah, I, th- I think he's very, like... You know, uh, I don't know. I don't think he sells it very well, to be quite honest. Once again, I'm just, I'm definitely biased. Just a big Strathairn head. Me and the other Strathairn heads would, uh, we'll, 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 we'll convene at our meeting. Uh, we had to cancel last year because of COVID, but when we go to the Strathairn Con. Um, <laughs> Where is that? In like Orange, New Jersey? Uh, yes, that's a good, that, you, that's a better joke than I would have thought of. Um, anyway, so they're in that room, and this, yes, he mentions that he learned his wife died, and he still kept playing. 
Oh, by the way, David Schwartz is from San Francisco. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I didn't think he was from New Jersey. He gave me a California vibe, um, but uh, he gave me California vibe in Nomadland, maybe, but not Jason Bourne or the Bourne Legacy. Well, yeah, but whichever he, one of those. Yeah, he's. I don't know. I feel like he just he. I've never heard him with an accent, like a New York accent. In like, I feel like you. There's a certain like an attitude that people from the Northeast have that um, I just didn't. They just get they're just him. built different. He also just generally the Jason Bourne movies, notwithstanding, and this uh, he's usually a pretty gentle guy, and that's definitely not Orange, New Jersey. Um, anyway, okay. so he's like, "Yeah, I was, but I was so upset. It took me forty-four moves to win." And I know I don't know enough about chess to know if that how good or bad that is. Uh, how bad what is him taking forty-four moves? He says that that's like he's embarrassed about that. Uh, that's a lot of moves for someone that's really good. Mm. I know that. So, yeah. So, Monk mentions that Linda came to see him, and he does the whole, like, my wife was an, abst- uh, an unstable woman. Um, Correct. He, he, he knows that he, he knows everything we're going to say. Yeah. She, uh, she had high blood, or high blood pressure. Not sure. Yes. I don't know why I wrote that. Um, and she used to be a heavy drinker and smoker, which we know about the drinking part because she mentions yeah. earlier mm-hmm. in the thing. And that's why I really thought that Monk should have picked up on that because she had a bottle out. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, she didn't have a bottle out. So how did they find the... So what, what were we talking about? They didn't find the whiskey. I'll get to it when we get to it, but that's not how they figured out she was drinking. Oh, right. Okay, okay, okay. It was because the Tic Tac... It was because there was a gl- oh, the glass... Oh, the It was a glass that was washed out with tap water, which doesn't make a lot of sense in your own home. I mean, like, I guess kind of, but if you're a rich person, you're not going to do that. There was the Tic Tacs, <laughs> and there was eye drops. Um, but anyway... Right. Uh, she all, but apparently she had a $10 million life insurance policy, which... I'll say this: If you get a ten million, like you, I feel like you should get arrested. Then, like, I understand that people like, what are you doing? Like, I just feel like that's you know, just asking to get murdered. Um, what do you think about Tina Turner insuring her legs for a million dollars? Are her legs not very important? If if she lost her legs, would she not lose a million dollars worth of future revenue? I mean, that's what insurance is all about. Do kickers do that? Uh, they can. I think they could. I don't know if anyone has because. There's not really. Vinatieri definitely has. No, yeah, I don't think he did. He's he's like South Dakota. He's not. He doesn't deal with insurance companies. That's a generalization. But um, I think the reason they wouldn't is because there's not a like you have to be very rich to make for it even to be worth it to put in that money. Because if you're like a kicker, you're making you know a couple million dollars a year. But it's like, do you really want to make payments on the off chance something happens to your leg? Like, how often do kickers have catastrophic leg injuries that end their career? Like, not that often. More often than you think. Also, actually, now that I think about it, the reason they don't do that is because there's no way an insurance company would cover a football player for an injury that can happen on the field. That's, That's a horrible true. risk for the insurance company. Anyway, um, so they asked what he knows about poison. Stoppmeyer does, and I do love the line, uh, not much, but more than you, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did like that a lot, too. I yeah. have to admit it. He knows about the poison pawn, though. And what is a poison pawn? Um, you it's a chess move. Now? That's all we know now. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a chess move. And speaking of chess, Klosser wants to play a game with Monk sometime because, you know, he's very impressed with the fact that he's there. But mm-hmm. Monk informs him they're already playing a game, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so they go to meet a guy named Eric Tavella who apparently once almost beat Patrick Kloster. And it is none other than a young Evan Peters um, looking very young. Uh, yeah. Shouts to him. Yeah. Yeah, I like Evan Peters a lot. Did you finish Mary of Easttown? 
I haven't even seen the first episode. Oh, I thought you I thought you, you were gonna watch the first episode like a couple I was ago. gonna I was gonna, but we're like watching the Americans, so it's like oh, okay, the Americans is great. But Mary Vistown is very good. Evan Peters is very good in it. Um and so he's playing people in the park. Um which that's a very common thing in New York. I think I mentioned that. Yeah, and the Mr. Monk's Manhattan. Uh, I mean takes Manhattan. Oh yeah. Um, Those are the only kind of people that play chess that don't piss me off. Who? People that play in the park. That yeah. Uh and Monk want, he wants he in order to talk to him, Monk needs to play him, but he can't because he doesn't have the twenty dollars because he's broke. But he has five dollars, which can let Julie play because Julie's under eighteen. Um, and, nice. Uh, yeah. So, so they Julie talk, goes. Yeah, and they talk about what kind of player uh, Patrick is. Right, and uh, you know, uh, Eric's kind of a nerd too. Notices that they started with the bird opening. I'm like kind of interested in these tactics. But anyways, yeah. So they do ask like what kind of like player he is, and um, Eric tells him that he's a behaviorist, which basically. He study he studies other people's games before like even worrying about his own. So yeah. he's kind of getting used to his routines. Yeah, or... yeah, he studies you rather than the board necessarily. Correct. Um, but we learn that the poison pawn is a trap. It's a thing that you can't people can't resist. Um, and then Monk figured it out very early in the episode, but he figured it out. Um, yeah. And so they go to the funeral home, and he's got a shitting grin on his face, and mm-hmm. he. Uh, he gives a here's what happened. And this is the earliest time I'll say it, but tell me what happened. Uh, yeah, so basically he um, he poisoned his wife, right? Mm-hmm. He knew that like by playing games with her and like doing all this and like making her super edgy that eventually she would go back on her sobriety and she would like teeter over the total, I guess. And uh, and you know, have a drink. And sure enough he poisoned the drink. We still at this point don't know how he did it. Right? No, we don't know. But I mean, if you're, I, there's so many substances in the world that are poisonous. Like it's actually not that hard to get hold of something that could kill someone. Honestly, correct. Um, so yeah, he's he's got it down. And like what gave it away was like as we said a little earlier that there was like that glass, uh, the breath mints, and the eye drops. So clearly that's how that that was his in, and this was the way of him like instead of me thinking that he was gonna drive her to suicide, he just killed her in like a really and, weird way. And the important thing though is that. If he just poisoned, like, a bottle of water that was on the desk, that would still be there and they could test it. But he knew that since she was hiding or drinking, she would hide it somewhere so the cops wouldn't find it. He, like, basically, he got his victim to hide the murder weapon, you know? Yes, exactly. And, you know, as since they declared it, like, from the beginning um, about what it was, like, he had enough time to clean up the scene. So, like, whatever could be found would not be found. Yeah. And so Monk's like, but it doesn't matter. We can test, uh, you know, we can test your wife's body, you know, because there's a coffin right there. And, you know, get traces of it. And then some old ladies come up and basically say, this, this coffin belongs to our niece. And there's an awkward moment where he describes how a toxicology test is done. Um, and uh, describes how they take a piece of the liver, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, bad news for old Mr. Monk here. Yeah, bad news for everybody. Uh, one, that's not... Uh, Mrs. What's her name again? Col. Uh, whatever. Colster. Colter. 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 Yeah, it's not Mrs. Colster's body. Um, it's actually some other person. But not only is her body not in that coffin, it's not anywhere because he had her cremated two hours ago. Yes. So, yikes. Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm going to get cremated or donated to science. You know, one or the other. Um. For sure. Yeah. yeah. I'm and, definitely um, not going to the ground. Yeah. Um. Well. 
hopefully you go after me at some point because I'm older than you. Uh, yeah. But anyways. But, but Lord, I, I mean, I want to talk about heart disease. Anyway, um, so, yes. He, M- Patrick is so, he's loving this because he loves that Monk has been defeated because um, he anticipated yeah. his every move. Yeah, and he he notices Monk's got that look that um, Ralph Wiggum had when uh, Lisa denied him of being his Valentine. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can pinpoint the second that his heart breaks. Yes. So let me cut to uh, Monk and Adler outside Closter's uh, um, house. Out. Yes, and they're reading his chess books, trying to get into his head. And they read one of them has an acknowledgement to to my queen Katiana, which Monk doesn't clock, which is dumb. But anyway. Well, he did, but he didn't mention it. Yeah, he didn't mention but, it. But also, but, I, like, we're, we're sidestepping the fact that it's one of the best names for like a band or something. Chess domination. Chess domination. I didn't. I didn't consider that. That's a good point. Um, but uh, Natalie sees that Linda Closter's check is still in the book, so Monk had not cashed it yet, and he's refusing to because <laughs> he feels like he failed, which. I understand that feeling, but she specifically didn't de- ask him yeah. to stop the murder. By definition, yeah, he did. He did not fail, but um, but yeah. So he's going over. He's mentioning he's not going to cash it. And while they're going over this whole thing, your your good friend Patrick Closter shows up, catches him, and brings Natalie some lemonade. And knowing correctly that Monk would not drink lemonade, brings him a bottle of his favorite water. Bother, you're forgetting a line I love, which is when he's comes like, "Oh my God, there he is! Oh, what, should, what should we do? We should kiss." Nope, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh my God, yeah, I, I guess I didn't pick up on that. Oh, I thought it was great, but anyway, yeah, he's you know, it's the old. Uh, I love honestly one of my favorite movies in fiction when someone's getting staked out and they go and like talk to the people who're staking them out. I yeah. always love it. It's always good to me, um, especially when they're like actual cops. Yeah, or when or when they put the banana in the tailpipe. Um, mm. And anyway. Um, Anyway, um, so he's, you know, Patrick finds it, like, fun that they're reading his books, you know, like... Trying to strategize against him. Yeah, like, oh, that's cute, you know. Um, Mm -hmm. And I do love that Natalie's like, you know, he's really good. He's right, I was thirsty. (laughs) Yeah, but, like, no, not only that. um, Oh, wait, he's out... Wait, no, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. No, but the thing is that Monk is then like, oh my god, they could be poisoned. Which I think that's stupid, because obviously he's not going to... Why would he poison Natalie? You know what I mean? Like, that just defeats the purpose of his whole... Like, I don't know. I think that's kind of stupid that Monk has that whole th- reaction. Yeah, he wouldn't want to let down of it going, like, ending so quickly. He's He's got to play his game. And also, because he, he can't get Natalie cremated. So if he poisoned her, then he could... It would be true. Oh, also true. Also uh, true. But Natalie wants to... Uh, but she's mad at Monk. But Monk's like, no, I gotta go. So he's gotta go check out his garden. Um, right. So, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Um, and sure enough, he finds some evidence and he brings it directly to Sotomayor, which, again, like, I... I just always doing that. Going onto private property and taking people's shit or, like, getting yeah. caught there. Like, come on, man. Um, and so... Sotomayor's like, what is this? But, and apparently oleander can be ground up into a poison that will cause a heart attack. Um, which, good to know. Uh, I, I guess. I thought it was, like, had to be more like a, a seed kind of thing. I don't know. It, I, it honestly didn't really, I didn't pay attention to it. I just assumed that you can, well, like I said, like, there are legit hundreds and hundreds of things that are pretty easy to find that you could turn into a poison. Like, po- poisoning someone is mostly about want to. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Like if you absolutely. if you take enough Tylenol and ground it up, you can poison. It's like it's not. Um, Ooh. Actually, no, that'd be kind of hard. I think you need to give weight way more than that. Would um, just lead to like liver damage, like down the yeah, line. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. D- say no to acetaminophen. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, but Summer's like every tons of people have oleander. Like that's stupid. Um, and so Monk is like, well, maybe if you found some in a bottle, you know, we could say he wore gloves. And Stalemire knows exactly what's happening. And so he's like, can I talk to you? There's a, something crooked hanging on the wall. Yeah. So he directs him, like, all the way basically across the police station to, like, an interrogation room. And mm-hmm. things get a little serious, you know? Like, Stott starts, his voice starts breaking, and, like, he can tell what's going to happen. And basically, Monk is going to break bad. He's going to try to plant some evidence, which... Has he ever been like this before? No. And I think that's important that he hasn't been. I, I don't really blame him but i do love the line where when monk goes in the interrogation he says what there's nothing crooked in here and summer says you know i hope not <laughs> yeah that's true um i feel like this this podcast like once an episode there's a line that's really cheesy that i love because i don't mind cheesiness at all and you're just like yeah they say that <laughs> yeah i don't know i have just i have an incredibly high i'm the opposite of lactose intolerant i have the highest tolerance for cheese um but anyway uh, yeah uh, and Summer is like, you know, I've had this conversation nine times. I never thought I'd have with you. Yeah, you know, it's 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 really tough to see him there, and like, you know, he he thinks that uh, you know he's very upset, like I said, and he warns Monk. He's just like, listen, once you cross this line, like, there's no coming back from it. Like, yeah. you're just susceptible to doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And, and not that, only that, that is true. and not only that, but like, Stottlemyre knows this, and he's not gonna he's yeah. not gonna let him slide. And so Monk says, though, that when Trudy died, she couldn't speak by the time he got there. And all she could do was reach out and hold his hand. And apparently Linda did the same thing with him. And he feels like he needs to, uh, he can't let it go. Um, And so we then see him not able to let it go in his home. Grinds up the oleander and he breaks in wearing his Monk break-in getup, which is all black. Which I do love. I love that he has a break-in suit. Yeah, I gotta say, like, I was actually, like, very shocked that this happened. Like, I didn't think he was gonna do it. I thought he might have done it, and then, like, like halfway through, decided not to. But I mean, I that's, that, is, that is what he does. He does do that. No, no, but he's already in the house, and I'm saying oh, like, yeah, halfway yeah, yeah, on the yeah. way there. But the yeah. thing is, they would never show us how he got there. Yeah. Um, and so he plants it on a bookshelf, and then he fixes a book, and he's gonna leave, but he decides against it. And as he's leaving... The lights turn on. And I feel like you knew that was going to happen. I, I feel like this... Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he gets a little wave from uh, Patrick. Um, and Patrick says, you know, this is this is an illegal move, you know? This is what I expect from a weaker player. Which is true. This is beneath Monk. Yeah, he's, uh, he's very disappointed. But he's not disappointed um, enough to not kind of humble brag by mentioning he's replaying his... 1995 chess match with Boris Spassky, yeah. who was like one of like four chess players I think I know by name. No, yeah. not even two. No, I think I got three. I got Boris Spassky, uh, Gary Kasparov. Um, oh, two. And then and Bobby, Bobby Fischer. Fischer. Yeah. Shouts to Gary Kasparov, who famously lost to Deep Blue, the uh, computer. Um, I only know the name. I'm not. I only. You know, Arcade Fire is a song called Deep Blue. If not for that, I wouldn't. I actually, I actually know, and I, I know what you're talking about. So yeah, it's it's pop song. enough. Um, anyway, yeah, it's a great song. But, uh, he was waiting for him, you know, and he's like, you know, breaking and entering's a felony, but I'm not a litigious man. 
Um, and then, but Monk looks at a little plate he has out, and it says it's for Tatiana. Same name. Oh, whoa. He was married before? Yeah. Apparently, yeah, he was married before, and we learned that he ain't divorced. She's dead. Yeah, you and, know. Uh, and, yeah, and apparently she had died. Uh, I mean, well, do we declare now that she died of suspicious circumstances? Yeah, she died of a heart attack. Correct, which is exactly how um, Linda died. Yeah, so we go to the judge, played once again by Larry O.D., Lawrence O'Donnell. Um, mm-hmm. I do like that he comes back because, you know, the, I, I think I don't like about a lot of TV from this era is that in real life, the same people pop up like three or four times. Like, if you go to a judge, there's only so many judges that handle stuff like this, you know? And I like that it's the same judge. He, I think very justifiably, is like, this is way too suspicious. Like, we can't... We, we gotta dig this woman up. Um, we can't, Your wife... Your young wife can't die of a heart attack twice. You know, that's just not... You can't fly. Right. And uh, so, yeah, sure enough, they uh, they bring her up. You know, they, they bury her... Or they... Sorry, exhume her body. It's the exact opposite, yeah. Um, yeah. And um, and so the M.E. comes out, or the coroner, whoever it is at this point, comes out and declares I believe that, that those titles are interchangeable. I could be wrong, though. Okay, um, but anyways, he declares that there is no poison in the body, and sure enough, Tatiana died of natural causes, and they're they're sure of it. Yes. And Patrick, you know, in a way, like he relishes the challenge, but also he apparently is very sorry that their little game it appears to be over. And so then the there's the they go to an exhibition chess event where um, Patrick will be playing against four people simultaneously. Um, yeah, and like four like high ranked people, I think within yeah. like the state yes. or something, including Eric, who uh, Julie describes as a geek, which is a geek and a creep, um, which is like what Monk describes himself as a muss, a man and a wuss. Um, <laughs> remember that? Yes, I do. Um, and you know, Monk just can't quit uh, chasing him because he says quitting would be like giving up. Yeah, and um, you know so. He's the, the guy's playing three different. You know, he's playing four different people. He eliminates, I think, one of them that we see. Or well, no, he... no, 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 no. You completely skip the part where Monk has to get a seat at the table, and he does that. By oh Julie. shit! Yeah, yeah. Julie flirts with Eric and basically convinces him to let Monk be his proxy. Um, and I do love the what you doing? She's flirting. She's good at it. Shut up. <laughs> I do like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does he become a recurring character? Oh wait, Evan Peters. Uh, yeah. No. Oh, I thought like he might have been a, like they had like no, I no, felt no, like no, they no. were okay. okay no, okay. no, he's but he's he's a geek. She's just doing it for the uh, for the, the case, and he of course, much like Fred Durst, is doing it all for the nookie. Um, mm. You know, it's just the number one motive in the world. Um, yeah. And so they're playing, and uh, basically, uh, Patrick makes one move, and then Monk just doesn't make any moves. And this is the thing that annoys me about the abrupt ending. I don't need any of this. Just g- give me more plot. I don't need Monk this bit where he's just sitting at the table. Like, why can't he fucking move? I get why he can't move, but it's stupid. Right. I just, yeah, I just want to see... I actually really wanted to see Monk, like, uh, I guess pretending the whole time that he wasn't good at chess, and then just fucking yeah. dominating him right here. I agree. It's just, I actually just don't know what we gain out of this scene because Monk really like Monk gets the information Monk gets is not yeah, from true. him not playing you know what I mean like if Monk was playing chess he'd still have the same breakthrough because it, it takes the breakthrough happens in the other game 
Right, exactly. If he was just... Yeah, you're completely right. That's true. And what is that? It's it's that he, they switch... He yeah, switches he spots with the king and the rook, which I believe is called castling. Correct, yes. And so Monk repeats it. They switch places. So we know that this is this is it. This is just going to break it open. So they go back to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And they're going over the grave of his first wife, and they're kind of just looking around, or like you know, no, they're actually going out. over the grave of another person. If you look at the gravestone, it's this is the one that she's actually in. Okay, well, who they think is his gravestone? No, gravestone. I, I think that they, I think that are is she is he not at the? I thought the gravestone didn't say Tatiana. I thought it said another woman's name. Okay, well, either way, like no, he's whole... at the one that she actually is buried in. Yes, fine. That doesn't matter. You know what I'm trying to fucking yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. So he finds out essentially what it is. He like goes over the dirt and all that stuff. And basically, what he did in order to beat the second part of this whole trying to solve the crime, which is uh, you know testing the body, was that he switched the headstones. Mm-hmm. So he moved the headstone to somebody else's headstone, and that's why the body that they tested for poison didn't have any poison. What would have been really fucking funny is if for that for some reason that lady, the one that they tested, had died of poisoning too. Oh, that'd be great. Real, uh, definitely, I'm trying, I've, never mind, I have a, like a, you know how sometimes I do references that are a long walk? And my mind went to a reference that is a very long walk to explain, but just know that I had one. Anyway. I know. Um, so... Then, you know, Monk basically tells him what happened, and, you know, uh, he, Patrick is talking about how, uh, you know, you play a brilliant endgame, and I really like this moment for Monk, because it's a moment of humanity where, because Monk usually is, like, the one who understands humanity least, but I do love how disgusted he is, like, he's like, these are two women, like, stop talking about this, like, it's a game, I really like that, it's a good moment for Monk. No, for sure, yeah. He's just like that. They're human beings. But he's going to indulge him one chess yeah. reference. This is my favorite. This is the thing that... Uh, this gave... This bumped this episode up a full 0.5. Like, I, I just... He says, but if you... I took your chess metaphors, but if you insist, checkmate. They, they just could have sirens, gunshots, fireworks in the sky when he said that. Yeah, or it would have been cool if someone just shot him right there. Oh my god, yes, perfect. Um, and then, uh, you know... Natalie is sitting there and she's laying it on thick. And yeah, you know, she's she's telling him that like he's amazing and not only is he amazing, but she's his hero. Mm-hmm. Which I would guess to, I would guess anyways that she's actually telling the truth, but for the purposes of this, yeah. uh she's really just doing it so that she can she ask him for his, his autograph. She wants autograph, yeah. And uh is that just any piece of paper that she's signing? I mean, that he's signing? Yeah. She signed the back of the check from Linda Kloster, which is, okay, like, since you're such a genius, um, can you cash a check that's written off a dead woman's account? Yeah, if the account's still open and the check was written beforehand, yeah, I imagine so. Okay, I feel uh, like, uh, I feel like Patrick would have closed that account. Maybe. Um, well, yeah. he's gonna be even more broke with that return check fee. Oh, wow, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, just imagine that, like, Natalie's check bounces. Um, you know, that's, just, that's cause it's embarrassing on top of it. I mean, that's the thing. At my job, sometimes I have to, uh, talk to people who have checks that are, that bounce, but we say that they've been returned just cause we don't, cause it just, there's something just inelegant about saying, Hey, your check bounced. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you, do you work in like, uh, I don't want to go into specifics. No, not telemarketing. Um, but I do buy building. Yes. Yeah, so it, that r- roughly, um, not, not roughly that is, but I won't go into specifics about the company just cause I don't need my spot blown up. Um, uh, anyway, 
Um, That's HR right now. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, but anyway, um, what do you give this episode out of 10? Yeah, I give it a 7.5. Same here. It was going to be a 7. But, I mean, it was, it's funny. I only remembered a couple things from this episode. I remember the planting the evidence. I remember the beginning of it. And I remember the checkmate. And so I'm like, okay. The checkmate is at least a 0.5. Um, but, yeah, Fair it's enough. uneven. We talked about it before. Um, I don't think we need to dwell on it. Um, but what you should dwell on is this podcast. You follow it at Strictly Munkin. Where do people follow you, Andre? You can follow me at Andre Barrera. And you can follow me at the J. Christie. Um, I'm realizing this is going to be an incredibly short episode. Um, yeah. I feel like not that much. I mean, a lot happens, but um, I don't know. Uh, it's a 7.5. Enough said. Like. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, especially because next episode, we're freaking, we're so sick, man. We're just, we're got a massive fever. We we got we got temperature in the hundred three range. You know what I mean? Because next episode we're talking about Mister Monk gets lottery fever. <coughs> Monkey. <laughs> <laughs>